Edvard Munch established a free-flowing psychological-themed style all his own. His painting, The Scream, which he called The Cry from 1893, is one of the most recognisable works in the history of art. His later works proved to be less intense, but his earlier darker paintings ensured his legacy. A testament to his importance, The Scream sold for more than $119 million in 2012, setting a new record. Munch was born on December 12, 1863, in Lothen, Norway, the second of five children. In 1864, Munch moved with his family to the city of Oslo, where his mother died four years later of tuberculosis, the beginning of a series of familial tragedies in Munch's life. His sister, Sophie, also died of tuberculosis in 1887 at the age of 15. Another of his sisters spent most of her life institutionalized for mental illness, and his only brother died of pneumonia at the age of 30. In 1879, Munch began attending a technical college to study engineering, but left a year later when his passion for art overtook his interest in engineering. In 1881, he enrolled on the Royal School of Art and Design. The following year, he rented a studio and entered his first show at the Industries and Art Exhibition. Three years later, Munch received a scholarship and travelled to Paris, France, where he spent three weeks. After returning to Oslo, he began to work on new paintings, one of which was The Sick Child, which he would finish in 1886. In what would be seen as the first work to represent Munch's break from the realist style, the painting symbolically captures intense emotion on the canvas, specifically depicting his feelings about the death of his sister nearly nine years earlier. Success wasn't enough to tame Munch's inner demons for long. And as the 1900s began, his drinking spun out of control. In 1908, hearing voices and suffering from paralysis on one side, he collapsed and soon checked himself into a private sanitarium, where he drank less and regained some mental composure. In the spring of 1909, he checked out, eager to get back to work, but as history would show, most of his great works were behind him. Munch moved to a country house in Eckley, which is near Oslo in Norway, where he lived in isolation and began painting landscapes. He nearly died of influenza in the pandemic of 1918, but recovered and would survive for more than two decades thereafter, dying on January 23rd, 1944. Satyajit Ray, who was born on May 2nd, 1921, in Calcutta, and died on April 23rd, 1992, he was a Bengali motion picture director, writer, and illustrator who brought the Indian cinema to world recognition with Patha Panjali in 1955 and its two sequels, known as the Apu Trilogy. As a director, Ray was noted for his humanism, his versatility, and his detailed control over his films and their music. He was one of the greatest filmmakers of the 20th century. Ray was an only child whose father died in 1923. His grandfather was a writer and illustrator, and his father, Sukumare, was a writer and illustrator of Bengali nonsense verses. Ray grew up in Calcutta and is looked after by his mother. He entered a government school where he was taught chiefly in Bengali and then studied at Presidency College, Calcutta's leading college, where he was taught in English. By the time he graduated in 1940, he was fluent in both languages. In 1940, his mother persuaded him to attend art school at Santini Ketan, 
Rabindranath Tagore's rural university northwest of Calcutta. There, Ray, whose interests had been exclusively urban and western-oriented, were exposed to Indian and other eastern art and gained a deeper appreciation of both eastern and western culture, a harmonious combination that is evident in his films. Returning to Calcutta in 1943, he got a job in a British-owned advertising agency, became its art director within a few years, and also worked for a publishing house as a commercial illustrator, becoming a leading Indian typographer and book jacket designer. Among the book he illustrated in 1944 was the novel Partha Panchali by Bhibhuti Bhushan Banerjee, the cinematic possibilities of which began to intrigue him. He had always been an avid film goer, and his deepening interest in the medium inspired his first attempts to write screenplays and his co-founding of the Calcula Film Society. In 1949, Ray was encouraged in his cinematic ambitions by the French director Jean Renoir, who was then in Bengal to shoot The River. The success of The Bicycle Thief by Rittorio De Sica, with its downbeat story and its economy of means, convinced Ray that he should attempt to film Partha Panchali. He was unable to raise money from sceptical Bengali producers, who distrusted a first-time director with such unconventional ideas. Shooting could not begin until late 1952, with using Ray's own money, with the rest coming from a begrudging West Bengal government. The film took two and a half years to complete, with the crew most of whom lacked any experience whatsoever in motion pictures, working on an unpaid basis. Partha Panchali was completed three years later, in 1955, and turned out to be a commercial and a tremendous critical success, first in Bengal and then in the West, following a major award at the 1936 Cannes International Film Festival. This assured Ray the financial backing he needed to make the other two films of the trilogy, Aparjito, the Unvanquished, and Upper Sansar, the world of Apu. The sequels tell a story of Apu, the poor son of a Brahmin priest, as he grows from childhood to manhood in a setting that shifts from a small village to the city of Calcutta. Western influence impinge more and more on Apu, who, instead of being satisfied to be a rustic priest, conceives troubling ambitions to be a novelist. The conflict between tradition and modernity is the great theme spanning all three films, which in a sense portray the awakening of India in the first half of the 20th century. Ray's major films about Hindu orthodoxy and feudal values include Jalsa Ghar, which means the music room, an impassioned evocation of a man's obsession with music, and Deliverance, which is Sadgati, a powerful indictment of caste. His first original screenplay and colour film, a subtle exploration of arranged marriage among wealthy, westernised Bengalis, The Chess Players, which was his first film in, the, in Hindi, which the other ones had been made in Bengali, with a comparatively large budget, is even a subtler probing of the impact of the West on India. Set in Lucknow in 1856, just before the Indian mutiny, it depicts the downfall of the ruler Wajid Ali at the hands of the British with exquisite irony and pathos. Although humour is evident in all of his films, it is particularly marked in the comedy Parash Patar, The Philosopher's Throne. Yeah, I know, it's also the same as the Harry Potter. 
and them in the musical Goopy Gain Bagha Bain, The Adventures of Goopy and Bagha, based on a story by his grandfather. The songs composed by Gray for the latter among his best known contributions to Bengali culture. The motion picture director also established a parallel career in Bengal as a writer and illustrator, chiefly for young people. He revived the children's magazines Sandesh, which his grandfather started in 1913, and edited it until his death in 1992. Ray was the author of numerous short stories and novellas, and in fact writing rather than filmmaking became his main source of income. His stories have been translated around the world, published in Europe, the United States, and elsewhere. Some of Ray's writing on cinemas are collected in our films, their films. His other works include the memoir Yakana Chota Chilama, which means childhood days.